Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Obviously, we've got a big show today because our wheel of fate just so happened to land on two teams that are very, very linked this season. We're going to be talking Los Angeles Clippers and Toronto Raptors going in-depth, breaking down their offseason and what it all means. First, quick shout-out to our sponsor, betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50, and you get a bonus on your first deposit. So pretty cool thing there. We're going to talk a little bit more about them later. Uh, joining me as always, Keith Smith, salary cap expert for Yahoo Sports Real GM and Celtics blog. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Trevor. Man, I'm just back from vacation. We uh, we drove up to Washington D.C. spent spent some time up there. It was it was funny. The 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 true like locals to D.C. are not very excited about the team uh, up there. <laughs> I would imagine I we're not talking Wizards. But it was funny. We ran into um several uh. Japanese tour groups. Mm -hmm. So of course, being me and I can't leave basketball alone for more than five minutes, I had to ask them all about Rui Hachimura. And uh, oh my God, they're so excited. So I think the Wizards might be the official team of Japan. Well, we saw that in Summer League, the the amount of Japanese press that was there was, was incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was nuts. It was, um, you know, every game he played was like being covered like a playoff game. It felt like so. So, you know, pre- pretty cool there. Um, So they were su- super excited. A bunch of them had um, were very excited to open up like their shopping bags and things and show me that they had been over to the uh, Wizards team shop and had right. bought some some Wizards gear and Hachimura gear and things like that. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, Other than that, trip trip was good. It's it's a long drive um, for yeah, us. But a lot of time we're back. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of time in the car, but great family time and you know now we're back here in orlando and we're ready to go man and i'm, I'm excited to talk clippers and, and raptors i think these are two you know super interesting teams um we're, we're going to start it out with the clippers and uh just to kind of set th- things up here clippers uh zero salary cap space left they, they used it all and used it all i think we can agree quite well yeah. uh this summer uh they've they've they're also completely out of exceptions they were left with just the room exception they used that to re-sign jamichael green and now they're down to minimum and they just there are they will soon here but for our purposes we're going to talk as if it's already happened they 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 just made a minimum signing uh there so uh with patrick patterson but we'll get into that more in a minute and then uh you know added guys and lost guys so here, here's who they lost it sounds big but more than offset by who they added they lost danilo gallinari shea gilgis alexander those those guys went out in the paul george trade they also lost free agents wilson chandler Garrett Temple, Sandarius Thornwell, and Tyrone Wallace were both waived when they needed to do all their machinations to create salary cap space. And then Angel Delgado, who is one of their two-way guys, is gone um, as well. But who they added? Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the the big prize of free agency, arguably, uh, went good. there. Yeah, he, I think he's okay. He's a decent player, at least. Uh, Paul George um, added in the trade. Those guys were kind of a package deal. We'll get into that more. Uh, Maurice Harkless, who they picked up as kind of just jumping in as the third team in, uh, in, in to uh, assist the Miami Heat with making some some maneuvers there. So they, they were able to add uh, Maurice Harkless in that deal. And then in the draft, uh, Mafondu Kabengele, um, or Gelly. Uh, I'm still trying to get that last part. I know it's, it's, it's Kaben. 
Griffin or Cabin. So so we'll, I promise I'll get it figured out by the time he's a meaningful NBA player. Either way, um, it's fun to say. So yeah, right. Yeah, either way. Um, him and Terrence Mann uh, in in the draft, and then a couple of camp guys that they've added: Amir Coffee and Derek Walton Jr. And then Patrick Patterson, who I referenced before. Um, all reports are that he's going to sign as he just cleared waivers from Oklahoma City. They also had some re-signings: Patrick Beverly, yep. um, and Avica Zubac, as well as Jamichael Green, who I mentioned, and then Rodney Magruder. All of those those um four guys they were able to resign. Green they had to renounce, but the other three they were able to keep on the books and then resign because they all had really low cap holds um by virtue of where where they were. So you know all around monster off season for the Clippers as they really remade this team. Yeah, I mean, look, the Clippers are going for it. And we just heard that they're they're getting ready to build a new arena. They're looking at having that done in 2024, 2025, somewhere around there. They're looking at having a, an arena done in Inglewood, perhaps pulling in some other other teams and things like that. But, I mean, this is, look, this Clippers team's going all in. And you got to give credit, you know, as, mu- as much as it pains me as a Lakers guy, you have to give credit to, uh, to Steve Ballmer for everything that he's done for this organization, turning it around in the wake of the Donald Sterling fiasco. Everything that they've done over these last, few years has just been incredible they've been hitting home runs and this is now if not the favorite one of the favorites certainly to come out of the western conference this year i can't recall a time when the clippers had this much optimism even going back to the lob city days i don't think it was quite to this level no, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think those, those Lob City teams, we all thought that they would be good. You know, may, maybe if everything broke right, they could make a finals. But but that was also when you still had the the Heat were still kind of at the the uh, when they came together, the Heat were still still what they were. And then after that, the Warriors had already kind of started to become right. what they were. So so it was kind of clear that that team, you know, just made maybe their window just was never right, and they never if I'm correct, right, never even made it to the second round or past the second round. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not past once. the second round. Yeah, so that's that. You know, t- tough break there. But yeah, it's you know, it, it's funny. I was having this conversation with with a friend of mine, and it's Steve Ballmer. No matter what he did, he was going to be able to. He was going to look good just by comparison's sake. When you replace arguably right. one of the worst human beings in the world, <laughs> sure. never mind owner. Exactly, it's a low bar to clear, right? But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it. That that's the but. But you know, pl- plowing money into this organization, they they've improved things on the scouting side, front office side. They've really beefed up their front office staff. They've done all sorts of stuff to make this team, uh, you know, really marketable. And it's it, it's tough, right? It, it's always but when you look at any. Uh, city that's a two two teams in the same sports city there's always a big brother little brother right and i'm not going to say that the clippers have overtaken the lakers because they haven't the the lakers are still the lakers they've got you know uh you know a fairly large head start on the clippers but it's it's what the clippers have done is they've they've instead of becoming that kind of lovable underdog alternative they've become like a real you know alternative for people and i think for fans around the nba who are you know necessarily Clippers fans I think this is a team that they can gravitate towards because I think they're going to be a lot of fun I think they're going to be um you know the way they're going to play is important and, and one of the reasons why I think we're so high on them compared to some of these other teams that loaded up this summer is they didn't have to shed a whole lot yeah they lost SGA you know really good young player we're all you know fans of his that, that's uh, a lot that is a lot you know and Gallinari you know good player but 
they were able to keep Lou Williams, right. kept Montrez Harrell. You know, those guys are big. Landry Shamit, who is a you know good player, um, who, who I think is going to be you know really important to the scene because of his shooting. Uh, though those guys sticking around, that, those are big things that you know we, we don't want to kind of overlook because when you can keep those guys in the fold, though those are really really important, and I think that's going to make a huge difference here for just how good this team can be. Oh yeah, I mean look, when I'm say it, naturally you're going to compare the Lakers and the Clippers. And like you said, the Lakers are are light years beyond what the Clippers are at. Just the history, they're the you know, from growing up in Southern California myself, I know the Lakers are are ingrained into the culture of Southern California. They are part of it. The Clippers are not. The Clippers are seen as this this outside force. That's why I think that if anything it's going to be a little bit awkward opening night with it being a Clippers home game. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to get booed heavily um, at, at Staples Center when they open the season against against the Lakers because there's so many Lakers fans that aren't thrilled with with what Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have done here. Now, that, that said, obviously this is a great time for Clippers fans, and it's something that um, that if you look at their team and you compare it to the Lakers, the bench is where the Clippers really have the advantage. You, you We can argue all day. AD, LeBron versus Paul George and Kawhi, which group is really better, all of that, we can go back and forth. Where the Clippers really have the advantage, though, is that they've got guys like Lou Williams, like Montrez Harrell. Those are both huge pieces for them off the bench. They were tremendous. I think they were both right there in the running for sixth man of the year. Yeah, it's, uh, incredible. for first and second or first and third, well, first whatever third, it ended up yeah. being, yeah, yeah and which then, is crazy. And then Patrick Beverly, you look at the defense potential. Yeah. Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, those those three are probably all in the top five of perimeter defenders in the in the league. So there's a lot of upside here with this team, and there there's a lot of depth as well. And I like what they've done targeting Patrick Patterson, targeting Jermichael Green, trying to keep their floor spacing uh, whenever possible when they have to run another big out there. Evita Zubats can do some good things at the rim as well. Lakers fans obviously know him pretty well. So look, this is a great, great time for this Clippers organization, and we'll see. You know, look, Kawhi Leonard uh, has had his history of injuries. Paul George had double shoulder surgery this summer. We don't even know if he's going to be ready to go to start the season, but this is a risky move in that sense that the Clippers made going all in, but it was one they had to take and you got to credit them for being willing to bite the bullet, part with all those picks, part with the young players they needed to in order to go forward and try to shed this label of being the, the laughing stock of the league. So, you know, give credit to the Clippers for what they've done because they've done a tremendous job. Yeah, I think they almost, it's funny, we're going to talk about the Raptors as our other team in the show here. I think they almost took a a note from the Raptors playbook, if yeah. you will, of let's go for it. You know, and, and it's, it was interesting to find out Kawhi steals only a the two plus one. So, you know, he's going to time it up to be there with Paul George. So they'll become free agents at the same time. And I think that that was, was interesting. He didn't go to the full, you know, three plus one, which is normally what you see right. in this type of situation. So I think that's going to be really uh something to watch for because i think as you look at this team they their window might be really small it might be a little tiny window but it might be really a really productive good window i think we're gonna see the most successful clippers error that we've ever seen now it might only last two or three years but i think you know we're gonna see it and and you i'm glad you mentioned george you know at this point it sounds like we're we're not gonna see him till sometime into the season yeah it doesn't sound like he'll be ready for the start of the year and then we all know Kawhi at this point i can only presume that any discussions he had with any team included the idea of 
there needs to be some preventative maintenance program is what I like to call it with him. He, of, you, you don't know, want to say load management, the yeah, buzzword I mean, around look, the league now. <laughs> it's funny, you know, load management, I think is almost more of a reactive type thing where I think, think with Kawhi, it was truly Toronto looked at it and said, we know we need this guy in May, June mm-hmm. and April, May, June. And that's when we want him to be able to go. And that helps naturally the playoff schedule helps there. Cause you're only at, at best playing every other day. Right. And sometimes, you know, you might even have three or four days in between. And, and I think, you know, with these guys, what they're going to do is they're going to rest. And that's where I think a guy like Maurice Harkless is huge for this team, because this is a guy who has been a starting caliber forward for years for Portland and has had really good, Good productive moments and I think he can step right in for either one of those guys and that's where you know it's going to be big this is where Shamit's going to be big for them as well because I think you're going to see him play a lot especially early and if that helps him get into a rhythm and a groove I think that's really going to help yeah you know that, that's to me what's been most impressive about the Clippers not only were they able to get the Kawhi Leonard deal done and they were able to get Paul George they got the home run moves but their moves along the margins have been really really good as well I mean getting getting Shamit included in the Tobias Harris trade getting actually getting paid with a first for a guy like Mo Harkless who's a useful player that they could really lean on a little bit here to start the season that's masterful stuff so uh, again the Clippers have been been batting a thousand just about at this point because they're hitting the home runs plus they're getting the small moves the the singles and and so uh, again great time for the Clippers right now and and personally coming from a Lakers perspective I'm kind of excited for the rivalry we've never seen before the Lakers and the Clippers both be good at the same time I think it's going to be a good thing for the city overall yeah, I think so too. I think that has the potential to be a lot of fun. The, the Lakers kind of Western Conference rivals have always been kind of whoever the other team is of the moment, right? right? So for the it was the Spurs for a little while there. It was the Rockets, you know, going back to when when I was a kid for a while there when you know Lajuan was you know kind of on the come up. But then I think it was really important for them to um you know to to be able to get to the point where they are uh, you know. But, but picking this thing up and getting to a um, you know point where it, it's really important for for the Clippers, so I think think that's going to be really exciting. And just small moves too. Let's go back, Zubach. They got him at the trade deadline yes. for nothing. You know, I mean, right. I'm not. I'm promise I'm not throwing salt in the wound here. <laughs> you know, but but that that happened. They did. Rodney Magruder. They claimed on waivers. Oh, and amazing. Then he then he never. They claimed him after he wasn't even going to be eligible to play in the playoffs. And a lot of people were like, "Well, what's the point of this?" Well, that was a forward thinking move. Right. Of well, then we have this ability to retain him. Another guy who's had starting experience. He's not great, but he can be another guy who can help get you through. Because we know. Kawhi is probably going to play what 65 games is probably his ceiling yeah in the regular season right. george is probably going to be around there at best because we know he's going to miss time at the beginning they've so, got all these guys that you can drop in there frank vogel was on the uh the manix uh podcast the other day um, yeah. I, I don't remember the name of oh it's the crossover that's what manix's podcast is called so he was on that and manix was asking him about about load management and about uh, about Kawhi leonard how many games he should play and frank vogel said he should keep play you know maybe around 20 25 in order to keep him fresh (laughs) yeah right yeah Yeah, that was a good response i thought the answer yeah and you know what's funny is the the clippers might be good enough that they could save him and play him about 25 games or whatever it is and just in the playoffs right now they might be good enough to pull pull that one off um you know so yeah all around you know really good uh you know that's kind of leading towards the let's talk a little bit about what what we think their starting five will be sure 
I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I think it'll be Zubach, Green, Leonard, George, and Beverly. Yep. I, I, I think that's what it's going to be. It's locked um, in. Yeah, and then, then, you know, when Leonard and and or George is out, that's when you'll see guys like Shamit, Magruder, Harkless probably slide in there. Uh, off the bench, we know Williams and Harrell, two of the best, yep. you know, bench guys in the entire league, lead the bench. And then, you know, Harkless, Magruder, Shamit, uh, Patterson. I don't know how much Patterson has left. We'll see. He looked pretty bad. He was. With, with OKC, but it also just wasn't never a great fit for him no. there. So, And for what so, the Clippers are giving him, if he gives you – five, 10 minutes a night, that's totally fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you only get something out of him when guys are, are out of the lineup and unavailable, you know, that, that would be fine too. So the, the, the kids, I, you know, Jerome Robinson, one of last year's first round picks, I don't expect we'll see very much from him this season. Although he did look better and more confident in summer league. And then, 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 uh, cabin Gelly and, um, Terrence Mann, probably a lot of G League time for for those guys it is my guess, and that's fine. That that's where where they're set up. So you know, all, all around. So it sounds like we're pretty much in agreement there on yeah. um, what starting five in the rotation will be. So let's go to their over under. It's a big it. one. 54.5 that's as of this morning okay um, that, that's that's you know one of the higher ones on the board uh out there it's i um if it's this is why they're good right with these because it feels about right <laughs> right it does go slightly under okay and my reasons why are i think they're gonna have a little bit of a slow start there's a lot of guys to incorporate in and figure out, and they're not going to have George. So that's going to only lengthen that window for figuring things out. So I'm going to go a little bit under, and then just I'm, I'm also pricing in how good the West is as well with that. So I, I think think what we're going to ultimately see there is them probably win – it's so a 52, 53, 54 games, mm-hmm. which would come in on the underside. Agree with you 100%. Actually, you hit upon all of my points. The West being so good, the Clippers, they're going to be using some load management techniques. We know that they're not going to be 100% healthy to start the season with Paul George. Just when you factor all of that in, I'm thinking the under as well for the Clippers. Uh, but again, I think they're not going to care so much about that. They care more about getting everybody healthy into the playoffs as they should. I think that's the the way to go for them. Um, last thing, too, is I think the clip this Clippers team is going to be interesting because they might not get a lot of support from within Los Angeles. But I think they're going to get support from around the NBA, not necessarily from Clippers fans, but from Lakers haters. I think a lot of people that that want to see the Lakers not do well are going to enjoy seeing the Clippers do well. So I think the support for this team might actually be a little bit more than what some people are thinking, at least at least around the country, perhaps not within Los Angeles, though. Yeah, I think, too, what you're going to see is is the Warriors kind of step back a little and come back to the pack. Mm-hmm. I think these guys emerge as for, for an East Coaster. You're always looking for that team in that second window of the night. Right. And I think that's what these guys really become. It, the Lakers are always going to be there. I mean, the Lakers, when they were terrible, were always still getting a ton of national games, which they're the Lakers. They're, that's going to happen. That's fine. But now I think the Clippers become that kind of second West Coast team that comes. Kings aren't ready yet. Portland, you know, forever over looked you know for for what they are so that's that's just something i've been thinking about a lot as well so let's end it with what we always end it with thumbs up thumbs down big big thumbs up for me uh for this offseason it can't be anything but you know it's sure they gave up a lot of picks they gave up sga you know good young player they lost some other helpful rotation guys but everybody they added is better than what they lost so i think you know and, and maintained what they had which was good and off we go
Yeah, absolutely. Huge thumbs up for the Clippers. They they had a tremendous offseason. Couldn't have gone better for them. So definitely thumbs up. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, but first, we need to talk about betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing. Placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with the best odds at betonline.ag. This week, I'm watching the Dodgers versus the Padres. In fact, I have a fantasy baseball matchup that is depending on that game right now. So hopefully that goes my way. Uh, but can you believe the NFL preseason is also underway? To celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see BetOnline's uh, general rules or uh, for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify qualify for the bonus and please see bet online's general rules again moving on to the toronto raptors free agency giveth and free agency taketh away the los angeles clippers gain Kawhi Leonard. the Tor- toronto raptors lose him tough thing to rebound from losing possibly the greatest player in the league at the moment and on top of that their cap situation was really tough, so they weren't really able to go out and replace Kawhi Leonard with anyone. Not that there was much left on the market by the time Kawhi Leonard made a decision, but you know what? The Raptors are, they're in a tough spot moving forward, but I still think there's a bright future ahead because of the smart cap moves that they've made. Just it might not be so pretty this season, although I still think they can make the playoffs. We're going to dive into all these moves. Keith, what was your, your take on what the Raptors have done? Can we kind of break down all of their moves so far? Yeah, so so you mentioned it, Kawhi Leonard, the big loss. The, the right. second big one, Danny Green, another starter, you know, also out, and he he headed off to your team, to the Lakers. So I think that that's you know going to be big for them as well. Those, those are two. Anytime anybody loses two starters, unless yeah. you're an absolutely terrible team, it's going to hurt you. And those two guys were big. I think Green, he had a little bit of an up and down year. You know, it's kind of you know streaky guy at this point in his career, but he was good when it mattered. He he was there in the playoffs, and you know stepped up in a big way beyond that they lost jeremy lynn jody meeks eric moreland and then jordan lloyd who was one of their two-way guys who's somebody they really liked a smaller guard kind of almost a fred van vliet type of player they they agreed to waive him so that he could get a bigger payday overseas and he headed off to spain so lynn meeks and moreland not not much of an impact right. there I, you know at the the risk of having the jeremy lynn truthers come for me <laughs> you know i think at this point jeremy lynn himself has questions about his nba uh viability yeah, the jeremy lynn stands will find you trust me from his it, one season yeah. in los angeles i can tell you all about that <laughs> <laughs> i i am quite sure yeah it's uh you know so we'll see uh cap space wise they didn't have any as you mentioned they were way way right. over the cap uh they they are under the tax now though with with leonard gone and in green gone to big salaries off the books they've got about a little under a million of their uh non-taxpayer mle left that's probably not going to be used at this point though where i just use that maybe on a 10-day signing rest of the season in the year but what they added to bring in to replace those guys it doesn't sound like a whole lot because they didn't have a whole lot to work with but you know uh, ronde hollis jefferson stanley johnson two guys mm-hmm. that they're kind of taking a flyer on to to see can, can you capture something out of those two guys so that's those are two interesting moves matt thomas who's a guy who was draft eligible a few years back and has been playing overseas he's somebody a lot of teams like they're going to bring him in uh campaign uh can't or cameron Payne, um if people remember him from his uh uh, days with OKC and then the Bulls he played quite well in summer league and earned uh, himself a two-year deal from Toronto 
they drafted Dewan Hernandez, a guy who they're they're bringing in. He's a big kind of more back of the roster guy at this point. They re-signed Patrick McCaw, so we know they'll be going back to the finals because uh, whoever is Patrick McCaw does. <laughs> he that. will leave them there. <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah, and he may believe that. Um, Terrence Davis, who's a guy who uh, was a little overlooked during the draft process, but a lot of teams came to like quite a bit, is coming as, a, as well. And then some interesting camp guys, O'Shea Bursette and Sagaba Konat. Konate, I think is how you say it. Um, but they're both camp bodies with the mm-hmm. idea of let's get them to Raptors 905. And then Devin Robinson, who is a two-way guy for Washington. So if you look at it on its face, there's not a whole lot there. You're kind of hoping maybe we can get something out of, out of Hollis Jefferson and or Johnson and kind of get them to rebound. Maybe Thomas is better. Maybe McCaw. Weird season for him last year after he signed so late and obviously had some some issues going on. So it, it looks like a lot of the same. But but one guy that they kind of add in a little bit, I, I like to think of it this way because he wasn't much part of their playoff run, is OG Ananobi because yeah. he had, uh, I believe it was appendicitis. Um, very late in the season. He was also um, injured on and off throughout the year. And then obviously Pascal Siakam's ready to take that next leap. He's probably going to push the heck out of being an all-star this year. And they've still got Kyle Lowry, Marcus Hall, Serge Ibaka. Mm -hmm. So you got kind of the proud vets there as well. So uh, Norman Powell's still around. Fred Van Vliet's still there. So, you know, it's still a good deep team. They're still a playoff team in the East, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think think they are. You know, you still have Marcus Hall. You still have Kyle Lowry. Although I, I would question whether they may start flipping some of those pieces to contending teams. Maybe there's a team out there that decides at the trade deadline that they could use a half season of Marc Gasol before he hits free agency. Kyle Lowry, same thing. But yeah, look, I think this is going to morph into the Pascal Siakam team. It's going to become his team because moving forward, he's the guy that they're going to be uh, be building around, or at least appears to be. I, I think they made a, a good a good low risk, medium sized reward move by adding Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Both of them are, you know, I wouldn't quite call them call them like second draft guys just because they were both drafted in 2015. They've been in the league for long enough now to where we kind of know what they are. But there's some hope that hey, maybe a new environment will breathe some new life into these guys that have been, you know, somewhat disappointing over the course of their of their careers. Uh, you know, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, having those guys around, they're they're going to still be a solid team. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be title contenders or anything like that in the Eastern Conference, but I, I certainly wouldn't say that they're going to be out of out of the playoffs or anything like that at, at this point. Um, and moving forward, you look at, uh, you know, not this summer, but the following summer, they're going to free up some cap space and they may be able to go do some things after that. So I think that was part of the reason why the DeRozan trade would look so good for them. Not only do they get Kawhi, but they also gain this future flexibility, even if Kawhi does leave. Yeah, and let's face it, Kawhi, Kawhi left, but mission accomplished. They won yeah. a championship. That's what it's all about, you know. And if if you're, you know, it's easy for you and I as as guys who cover and have followed and rooted for the two teams with the most titles to say, yeah, but it's right. about keep winning them. Well, when you've never won one, it's about getting that first one, and that that's you know mission accomplished. There are what twenty teams in the league that would love to have just one, uh, you know, and and that that's. That's really important. So I think that's really, you know, uh, good for them. You know, they, they loaded up, went for it and, and did it. And now, 
I, I like it because what they didn't do was ruin the future by saying, all right, Kawhi, we're going to bring you back. We're going to bring Danny Green back on a three- or four-year deal. Noah, we'll extend Lowry and do all these other things and make a big mess of the rest of the roster because that, that could make a huge you know, problems for them down the line. So I think they are well-positioned. I think what we'll see with Toronto as we get into the year is if we're approaching, let's say, the middle of January, mm-hmm. really when the trade season kind of opens up, uh, when now everyone is eligible to be traded. I think what we'll see is uh, Masai Ujiri will take stock of where his team is. And if it is we're close to a playoff team, but we're not quite there, then I think what you might see is Masai say, you know what? I don't want to make the playoffs just to make the playoffs and get right. bounced in the first round because the East, the top of the East is going to be pretty good this year, I think. So I think what you might see him do is say, all right, well, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, those are all big numbers between 23 and 33 million or so right. uh, for each one of those guys. But what's important is they're all expiring numbers now. So that makes them very easy. You know, they could, as much as Toronto said, hey, we'll go all in and go get the guy. You know, you could see another team say that. They, they did that with Gasol last year. Now they could turn around. And what would be so funny is it'd be so Masai Ujiri to trade for Marc Gasol, win the title, then trade Marc Gasol and get a pick to help him build his team up for the next iteration. Yep. I think that's also, you mentioned that they've got great cap flexibility, which is true. And I think that's why they may not sign Pascal Siakam to an extension right now. Um, although, you know, they want to retain him. They may let him hit free agency because his cap hold is only $7 million next season. So why not let him hit free agency? Right. Now, they can make he, him restricted. Exactly. Make them restricted. And then you still it's no different. Right. You've got all the same options you had before. You're going to look at it and say, well, the free agent class stinks. But right. cash space isn't always about free agents. Sometimes it can be used to you know, bring players in via trade sure. and all these other things. And we don't know who who will and won't become available by them. What if a guy like Bradley Beal, you know, Washington has another terrible year and he's like, now I do want out. Well, here we are. Or what if what if Portland says, well, you know, we just resigned these guys. But, you know, after the season, uh, McCollum and Lillard, we got to break them up. Maybe you go get uh, a CJ McCollum or something like that. And you pair him with with uh, with with Siakam. And if there's a GM again in the league that I'm going to trust to do the right thing with cap space, it's it's got to be Masai Ujiri. What I worry about with Masai, which I'm really glad to see he didn't do, is when the team's already built is then kind of locking it because that's what he did to Denver. He really locked them into some really questionable contracts. Right. And that kind of left them kind of out in the wilderness for a couple of years. So I think it's it's really important here that he didn't do that here with this Toronto team. It's hey, everybody's up and, you know, we're off we go. We'll, one more run at this thing. But but it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see guys like Ananobi, Powell get a bigger role. I, I At this point, um, we'll kind of transition into what we think the starting five might, might sure. be for them. So, so, so I think your your locks are Gasol, Siakam, and Lowry, and then I think it's the the, the two wings is is where it's open. And for me, that's where I, th- I think Ananobi and Powell will get the first crack at starting there. Maybe Johnson takes one of those spots. Maybe Hollis Jefferson, but but I don't think so. I think they'll go with the guys guys they know, the guys who've been in the system. I, I think those guys, those two guys are are ready to slide in and and see what they can do in a bigger role. No, I, I agree with you. I think the locks are, are pretty clear. And then as far as the wings, I I, I think that that's the way they're going to go because they've got 
you know, you're losing Kawhi. There's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be um, a little bit of a, a transition period for this club. And so you want to have those pieces in that totally understand the system, that are completely comfortable with the team. And so I think it makes a lot of sense to go with those guys that, that you named there. Um, I guess my question is, with with Siakam, and if you do decide to let him get to free agency, you can make him restricted with that qualifying offer, which is, is fine. But are you then worried, given the fact that there's no other teams out there, that someone's going to max him out? Is I mean, that's kind of the risk-reward. Perhaps you do an extension. If you do an extension now, maybe you get him for a little bit less. Maybe you don't. Um, it'll be in- interesting to see if they do decide to keep that flexibility for next summer. If some team, like, say, the Knicks, maybe, if they're able to free up cap space, just decides to throw max money at Siakam. Yeah, I think I think you look at it one and there's a couple of ways you're going to look at it and put put it all on the table is one is if he'll sign a team friendly extension, you do it today. Right. Right. Obviously, because there's there's really no reason not to, because what if he blows up? Uh, this season and becomes a full-fledged all-star and what if he starts pushing all nba and those kind of things or your your next option is you you let it ride and maybe your opinion is we're content to max him out you know that's okay and we'll do that if that's what it takes and and if that's where you're at then that's fine too so i I don't know that they're going to be overly worried because i think their intention will be to keep him almost no matter what they Mm -hmm. now i know some people are gonna make max money for siakam well when you're Toronto, you get the guy, you're going to do what you can to keep the guy. They, they've shown that, you know, over and over and over again. So I think that's important, you know, with, with that. And I do think he's going to get every chance because he's clearly now their uh, probably best player, maybe. Uh, no, him or Kyle is. Lowry. But, but I would say Siakam all around is yeah. probably the best player. I think, you know, Lowry clearly, you know, still a good player, but on the down downward slope of his career at this point Gasol you know can do kind of what he does now and then I think you know you've got got that group that starting group uh you know uh backed up by a couple quality guys Abaka and Van Vliet those were kind of it in the playoffs those were that was the bench in the playoffs I think that's it and then you're hoping again Hollis Jefferson Johnson somebody steps up out of there maybe this Matt Thomas guy can can be you know a wing shooter score yeah I'll tell you that guy can shoot from he was with the Lakers for one summer like that guy is a pure shooter I mean he is he's he can do some impressive stuff shooting the rock yeah, and, and I'm not going to be shocked at all if Terrence Davis makes this team. I think this kid can play. He's a really hard worker. He's a guy who turned turned some heads during the draft process and had some people, you know, looking at him. And you know, maybe they get campaign in the system there and they start, you know, getting something out of him. But it's 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 going to be you know a bit of a down year. So so that's where where I want to take it next. Let's go to their over under. Yeah. 46.5 as of uh, just before we started the show here. So 46.5, I'm going to go under that. I, I think they're probably a 43-44 win team. Again, pricing in the Eastern Conference there, I think still a playoff team in the East, but in the back half, I think they're going to be a team in that mix in the 6-7-8 range uh, versus the the home court advantage range. So that's that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, you know, and once again, Keith, I agree with you. I, I was going to pick the, the under as well, just because I think there is the possibility that they wind up flipping some of these guys around the trade deadline in order yep. to get some future assets. And if they do that, then I think the, you know, not that they're really going to tank, but the losses will start to pile up a little bit. So just to kind kind of cover that that scenario and I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen because I think they could very well still you know make a push for the playoffs and uh and be a playoff team especially if they keep everybody together but just to cover that eventuality I think uh I think I'd go with the under as well I just don't see you know 46 that's 
that's a lot of wins, you know, that that is for a team that's, you know, we, we're not quite sure what they're going to get on any given night from some of these older veterans like Gasol, like Lowry, guys who have a lot of miles on them. Can they really rev it up enough during the regular season to power this team to a bunch of wins? So, you know, that's that's again why I'm going to go with the the under there for uh, for these Raptors. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you too. That's a great point. On they if they start selling guys off, then yeah, it's it's gonna be a gonna gonna be one of those years that that drops out. So so let's go to close it with thumbs yep. up, thumbs down. I I gotta go thumbs down uh, on this one. It's it's not anything that they did though. So I feel it's like I feel bad thumbs down because they would have kept Kawhi. Could they have? They that had they kept him, they probably keep Danny Green. They probably make another run at it. But it was clear Kawhi wanted something else and wanted to, you know, do that. I feel fine with that from the Kawhi perspective. Mission accomplished. You mm-hmm. went there, you gave them their title. And I think this is one where where Bill Simmons always wrote that whole uh, you get the five-year grace period after winning the title. I think Raptors fans, you know, party on that thing for as long as you can because you, you might as well because you earned it. You know, your your team was the best team in the league, you know, last season and you you went and got that title. So, yeah, let, let's uh, let's own that thing. So I, I got to go thumbs down, but it's, a, it's one where not – Nothing that the team necessarily did to earn that thumbs down. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's 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 got to be a thumbs down on this. But again, it's not their fault. Um, what happened yep. happened. I think they did everything they possibly could to get Kawhi Leonard to stay. He didn't. He wanted to do something else, and, and so now, uh, you know, their off season was obviously negatively impacted by that. But we'll see. I still like the foundation they've got in in place. I think that they can rebuild this thing. It's just going to take some time. So until then. They can enjoy winning that one championship, and uh, and you know what, nobody can take that away from them. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know they uh, well, what is it? Flags fly forever. Yeah, well, that's true. You know it will, and that's 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 awesome. You know, and then the way that uh, they showed up for the parade and all that stuff. You know, it it was really cool to see. So I'm you know su- super excited for for the Raptors fans and you know all the folks up there in Canada that they you know really got behind this team right. and you know do, you know did this thing. So it's yeah, it's probably it's probably gonna be a. a lesser year you know this year coming than what they've faced over the last few but but i I think you know and there's some some kids that you can watch too og ananobi i think will be a lot of fun i think you know he's a guy you can really enjoy learning to find out what he is he can norman powell be a better player with a bigger role those kind of things so it's you know all around feels pretty good for the raptors and i think they should feel pretty good about what they are uh you know what, what they've accomplished to to date so yeah. All right. Let's we spin the wheel. Let's it. see who we're getting let's next next see. week. All right. Let's let's go. Here we go. It is. <laughs> uh oh. What is it? The Boston Celtics. Okay. And the Phoenix Suns. All right. So, so it's yeah. I. I it's a promise folks completely random don't uh don't 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 make it anything but so so all right well we're we're gonna talk to celtics eventually anyway so we'll get them out of the way next week and then the suns who you know uh, two teams are again a little bit linked because they they made a trade uh that this year so yeah it's uh you know excited um you know one one thing i did want to say before we you know kind of wrap up the show here was we 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 did the miss a week but that was on me i went on vacation uh with that so as i mentioned I was in Washington, D.C. and, you know, found, found out that the fans there aren't overly high on the team, but but 
yeah, the Wizards have become the team of Japan, so pretty cool um, for that. But I think, you know, I don't have any vacation planned. I know you're getting back to work yep. here fairly soon, too. So I think we're going to be back to a pretty regular recording schedule, which I'm I'm excited about because now it's 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 exciting, too, because this is the time probably in our lives. We're probably the only two who can talk to each other about this stuff because nobody <laughs> else cares. Right. Everybody else's baseball playoffs are coming down, coming up. That's and, right. And the NFL season's kicking off. And where I'm from, it's college football country you know full bore so it's uh everybody's fired up for for the start of that so it's uh yeah so at least i get to talk to you about all this stuff <laughs> yeah i mean hey look we're in, we're in basketball mode because we're always in basketball mode even when nobody else is so yeah we're still here talking basketball and uh yeah giving everybody the coverage that they need yeah, and, and one other last last thing. Uh, thanks to everyone who did uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. I've noticed those numbers have gone up quite a bit. So continue to please do those yes, if please. you can, because um, those are really really important to us. And most importantly, tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Uh, go out and support Bet Online. These over unders we're talking about, those are on there as well. Uh, Trevor mentioned in the read, you've got uh, you've got baseball uh, season in full full action here as they they head down the stretch, and then football season. I yeah. I don't know about betting NFL preseason games, but go ahead if that's your thing. If you you got that itch for football, but football will be here before we know it, less less than a month out. So I think we're you know super excited for all that to to come together. So support our sponsors, and if you can, you know please go out, rate and review the show because that really does help. Yeah, definitely. We we certainly appreciate when you guys do that. So again, appreciate everybody for listening. Appreciate you for rate, reviewing, and subscribing to this show. And uh, and don't forget, throw in some comments in that review. Let us know what you think. All right, guys. Uh, Keith, you want to tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, you, you probably know, but you can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Now, any kind of news coming out now is going to be camp signings, overseas signings, and the like. A lot of NBA guys headed overseas uh, this year, some some kind of guys who have been prominent guys, yeah, even at points in their career. So that's that's kind of cool to see that that's the, the avenue there. And then the NBA teams will really be filling out their rosters, max of 20 in, in the offseason that you can have on your roster uh, with up to 15 standard contracts and then two two-way contracts and then teams are signing camp deals left and right and all those kind of things. That'll happen over the next month or so. And then we got the World Cup at the end of the month uh, kicking off uh, or tipping off, I guess I should say. So so that'll be happening and then that's going to kind of lead us right into NBA training camps opening because media day will be about a week after the World Cup ends. So it's it really is the summer that basketball never stopped. It's, you know, for, for us, but that, that's just fine by me. But yeah, yeah, it, uh, that's a long way to answer where you can find me. Uh, you can find my written work at Yahoo Sports, Real GM and Celtics specific coverage over at Celtics blog, but Keith Smith NBA on Twitter, you know, hit me up there and I'm always happy to talk and take your questions and do whatever we can at that point. All right, guys, and you can follow me on Twitter over at, at Trevor underscore Lane and find my work over on LakersNation.com and also subscribe to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts. All right, guys, that, that's going to wrap us up for today. Next week, we'll be talking about the Boston Celtics and Phoenix Suns. I'm going to bring the fire for the Phoenix Suns. I can't <laughs> wait to, to dig into them. Poor Phoenix Suns. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to have plenty to say about the Suns and their offseason and, of course, the Celtics. And, you know, we'll have a few choice words for for, uh, for Kyrie Irving and uh, everything that went down down there. <laughs> uh, again, thanks everybody for listening and watching. Till next time, see ya.